NFL Week 4 is finally here. We are recording this one a little bit late, so it's on Saturday. Um, we did have the Thursday night. game already happened, so I figured we can kind of lead off with that. We had Lions beating the Packers 34-20. to And based off the first half of this game, it didn't seem like it was... I still want to say this was close. Like a 14-point game really isn't close. But the Packers kind of showed a little bit of life in that second half. Yeah. Um, the past game they played against the Saints... I think they came back from that – well, no, I know they came back from that 17-point deficit. The Saints didn't score at all in the second half. But playing the Lions with a bit more firepower on the offense, you you don't have time to pick up your game in the second half. I mean, David Montgomery's out there just running all over the gas. Yeah, and then Lions defense also stepped up a lot. Brian Branch had a pretty, pretty good game. He did get injured for mm-hmm. about half a quarter, but he came back and played. I mean, their rookies in general are looking like some studs. Yeah, the defensive line is looking like a top three defensive line to me. That that quarterback pressure, I don't know if you want to give it to the Packers just having a banged up front, but this is not the first time I've seen that Lions defense get pressure. No, I, th- I mean, I think they finally got that edge rusher for them too. They got Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. Like he's really starting to make himself – a legit name in the NFL yeah. is like one of these top edge rushers and it's only second year. I mean, yeah. last year he had an interception and a game where he had like a forced fumble too or something like that. And like, that was the first time in who knows how many years something like that's happened. Like they're just finally starting to get these studs on both sides of the ball. That's just becoming dangerous. Yeah. They're, they're looking good out there. Um, like you said, both sides of the ball. You know, my one downfall is always going to be Jared Goff. I mean, I just need some consistency out of him. Um, honestly, if David Montgomery wasn't there, I just I – mean, of course, you can throw it to St. Brown, but I would have liked him – I would have liked to see Jared Goff throw more in the second half for obvious reasons or other reasons, I should say. But, I mean, they did good. They did good. They're also going to be adding a weapon to their offense moving forward, uh, Jameson Williams. He, oh, yeah. Yep. He would miss the majority of last season, then he was suspended for the first four games of the season. So he is going to be making his comeback. And, I mean, realistically, it should make their offense better, too. Like, it's going to be their wide receiver, too. Yeah, uh, Jameis, Jamison missing that time, I don't know, because you got Laporta looking good. You got uh, Although you can't sub Laporta out and put Jamison, but you got Laporta looking good. You got um, St. Brown looking good. You got Raymond looking good. Raymond's looked really good. You got Reynolds looking good. Yeah. I mean, they that wide receiver room is going to be deep. Yeah. It's it's going to be one of the better ones. Like yeah. as far as like quality wide receivers across the board, it's it's really up there. And I kind of want to speak on that Jared Goff hate a little bit because like I said before, before his first interception in week 2, he went 383 snaps without throwing interception or attempts. And if you're looking for consistency, he's thrown an interception won each of the last two games. I mean, that's consistent. You know what yeah, I'm saying? That's, so, that's like off by now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's consistent. Um, yeah. And, I mean, yeah, it definitely does suck when he throws one. But it's normally he'll throw one, but the rest of his stats are just really good still. So yeah. So, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's kind of how much you want to hang your head on the one interception. Yeah, no, I, I look at it. I always, I always look at things as if it's like a playoff game type of thing so it's kind of cleaning things up. I know you're playing Green Bay who's has Jordan Love at quarterback has a banged up um, offensive line star cornerback out but I also I always look at things as like how are you going to perform 
when you really have competition out there. Like, I know you beat Green Bay. Prior week, you beat the Falcons. Um, Falcons didn't score, which was, which was cool. But it's, can this team be a playoff team? And can you carry that team, Jared Goff, that is, can you carry them to the second round? I will say one thing that is promising, like, as a team in whole, is that this is their second Thursday night game where they've won. And obviously any kind of prime time, I think adds a little bit more pressure because you got everybody watching, but I think facing Kansas city week one, obviously they didn't have Kelsey, but you still have Patrick Mahomes. You beat them in Kansas city. And then you go to Wisconsin to Lambeau field against green Bay. Who's these two have a really, really deep rivalry. Like, and mm-hmm. then you, you beat them there too. Like, yeah, I know definitely if he didn't throw any interceptions, it would have been like a perfect team game for the most part. And when it comes to playoffs, it's going to be prime time. It's going to be a similar scenario. Yeah. Yeah, I just think it's like when you don't want to when you don't want to pass the ball, you can rely heavily on the uh the run as we saw David Montgomery with the three touchdowns. And I think that that threat, that on the ground threat is just perfect for them. I mean, you got the weapons at receiver, and you got David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs at running back. I feel bad for any Gibbs owners. I do have him in one of my leagues because, man, he's one of those people that you can't bench. But it's like he hasn't had his touchdown yet this season. He is getting the lesser half of the shares. Montgomery's getting the majority of it. But, like, at any moment, it just feels like he's going to get that first touchdown and he's going to get more and more snaps, and it – it's going to be one of those times where, like, like personally, I'll eventually decide to bench him. And when I do, he'll get, like, 25-point game in fantasy. And I'll just be pissed the whole time. Yeah. Um, he didn't look all that good to me when David Montgomery was out. I think, what did he have, 17 carries for 42 to 50 yards? For um, the Packers? It wasn't that many carries, I don't think. No, when David Montgomery was out. Oh, was yeah, injured, yeah, yeah. When he yeah, played. No, he, he had, I think he had 17 and 80-something. 80-something? Yeah. Okay. I think it was 84. Ooh. Pretty sure. Okay. It was, it was 84. It might have been just flat 80. The okay. only reason I remember that one so much is because I've seen some Detroit Twitter mm-hmm. going like, oh, we got the better running back. Oh, they they said Bajan will be the best one. It's a really, really bad take yeah. by the Detroit fan. <laughs> really, really bad take. But that's the only reason I knew the stats for that one. No, no. Yeah, that's that's cool. I just, I just think – Dave Montgomery being a fifth-year guy, not really – he hadn't really found a home. I think he just found his home with Detroit. And also, just playing sports, it's like the rookie's going to have to take the back seat. It's like, wait your turn kind of thing. But I know owners, you want to see that, like, sooner than later. Yeah. No, it's definitely interesting to see kind of what they plan on doing with him moving forward. And it could just be the thing where it's like they do run a lot, so – why not put a little bit more of a workload on one person? So if that one person does get injured, you kind of have a healthier backup that can, I think, I don't know if he'll do as good as Montgomery, but he'll still step up into a solid place behind him like we saw when he had to for Montgomery being out. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and get into our predictions of the week. Starting off with our Sunday 9 o'clock game, uh, we got the Falcons facing the Jaguars. It's technically a Jaguars home game. I kind of have a, a love-hate relationship with these games like in London, and I think they do some in Germany now too. It's really cool to wake up and have football really fast. Like that's 
a really sweet feeling because then it kind of rolls yeah. into those one o'clock games. You have a little bit of a gap. I think it's about half an hour, maybe an hour gap. Um, but at the same time, I hate that these players have to travel so far to play a football game because it just never feels like you'll get the full potential of the either team, like either one of them. Yeah, I think – honestly, I think the Jaguars, I think they're used to that. That's why I don't think this is just going to be a cakewalk for Atlanta. Every London game, I think I've always seen the Jaguars playing. I'm not used to what, – was there another London game? I'm not sure if there's another London game, but all London games have the Jaguars. And to me, they're, they should be equipped to win this game. They're used to playing out in London. Yeah, they should be. I think – I want to say there's four international games a year. Four a year. I, I could be wrong. It's definitely not more than four, but I think it's four. Um but speaking on Jaguars being more equipped, I'm actually going to take this as my upset of the week. I think the Falcons are going to upset the Jaguars. Um, you know, they should be more used to the travel and whatnot. It's just the Jaguars have not given me a reason to start picking them to not win a close game at this rate because the past two weeks have just been really, really bad. And if it was just one of those games that they lost, you know, it, I guess you lose to Kansas City, so it's not like you probably should have lost against Kansas City, but it was in Jacksonville. You had a really close game against the Colts week before, and their offense just never got anything going. And then you face Houston, and they just completely blow you out. And quite frankly, it felt like their offense didn't really get going there either. And Atlanta's defense isn't terrible. Yeah, this is going to be a tough one for uh, the Jags because I think it's a lot of things you have to think about if you're a Jaguars player or just being on that team, you you lose to Kansas City, you lose to the Texans, you could potentially, if you do lose to Atlanta, you could potentially be going on a five-game losing streak because you have who next? Bills, then and the then Colts, Colts, and those two are just going to be tough games. So I would, I would say if I were on the team, I would want to get a win somewhere in here. This a win at the Texans. I would have wanted that win. Um, or versus the Texans, I should say. Then win at Atlanta, that would make me feel confident going next week to the Bills. But it's it's gonna be t- it's gonna be tough. And I think if they do go on this five game losing streak, I mean it's gonna be it's already panic time in my opinion in my opinion, but it it's gonna be tough. Um uh, Atlanta's looking to bounce back from the seven sacks they allowed last week. But I think this game's really going to ride on Desmond if he does good or not. That's what's really going to determine this game. If he can go out there and pit up 20, I'll say 21 to 28 points, I think they can win. Yeah. But if, the, if him and London just don't get going or, like, if he just doesn't get whatever pass issues he's kind of had a little bit going, I think that's when the Jaguars are going to win. Yeah, and I- the Jags are going to be looking to make some adjustments. I, I think they will be all over numbers. Um, the number one receiver, Drake London, because what Tank Dell gave them 145 yards last week on five receptions, which is just insane. You you can't let that happen. No. Um, to me, Tank Tank's not even the number one receiver. So, I I don't know. I don't know where the safeties were that game. No, it's going to be a weird one. The Jaguars should win, but I'm going to pick the Falcons to win for this upset. Yeah, I'll, I'm going with that as well. Moving on to our next one. 
this is actually going to be my game of the week. It's going to be Dolphins at the Bills. I feel like this is the most obvious game to be the best one of the week. I mean, you have the best offense in the league with the Dolphins, and then you have the Bills who feel like the past two weeks they finally kind of got their shit together from that week one mishap they had. And the Bills' defense, I think, is going to be the Dolphins', Dolphins toughest challenge so far. I do think Patriots had a, have a good defense, and Belichick can always scheme up against anyone. But now it's against the Bills who, if they slow you down, they're going to keep scoring because the Dolphins' defense isn't anything fantastic. Like, it's not bad, but it's not great. And Josh Allen, he could go out there, and they, that offense could easily put up 28-plus points against this defense. Yeah, to me it's going to be a shootout game. Um, the Dolphins' the Dolphins defense allows points. They allow a number of points. They they usually beat teams by outscoring them. And I, and I see this game just coming down to who scores the most. Both teams are coming off a blowout, blowout victory. But – I would go. I would go Dolphins with it because they're just on a tear right now. I'm actually going to go opposite. I'm going to go Bills because I feel like it's going to be kind of not necessarily a letdown game, but I feel like it, when you come off a game where you pit up 70, it's going to be really hard to recreate stuff like that. And like maybe they get a few drives that stall and it kind of deflates them a little bit. It's like, man, what's going on? Like last week we fucking had 40 points at this point. And I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout or anything. I think it's going to be probably a field goal game. I mean, probably like in, <laughs> I could see them both putting up 30-plus. Um, but I'm going to take the Bills to just kind of edge them out by probably a field goal if I had to like really bet on it. Yeah, the uh, the Dolphins there, I mean, it was just a wake-up call for everyone around the league. I mean, everyone is like 70 points. That's nothing to – that's nothing to turn your back on. So, you know, everyone's probably watching that game film, watching where these 70 points came from, watching these plays. Um, I think uh, Kyle Shanahan said, you know, they're thinking about taking some of those plays. But I, I still – I got the Dolphins with this one. I just think they have those weapons. I feel like after this game, it's just going to be a highlight for both offenses. Like when you watch highlights. Mm-hmm of the game, it's just going to be offensive highlights just back and forth. That's what it feels like it's going to be. Yeah, I can see – I can even see Tua turning over the ball like a couple of times. That's just Tua. Yeah, he, I think so to too. To me, he's a gunslinger. Yeah, he's a gunslinger. He he underthrows the ball. Like, Tua lovers hate to admit it, but he does underthrow the ball. And I feel like the safeties of the Bills will kind of take advantage of that probably mm-hmm. once or twice too. So, I agree with that. But it should be a close game. It should be a really, really good game too. Yeah. Moving on to our next one, we have the 0-3 Vikings at the 0-3 Panthers. Like, the Vikings should win this game, right? Like, they they should win this game. Yeah. I just have this weird feeling it's going to be way closer than it needs to be. Uh, but I still am going to take the Vikings to take it. I think the Panthers are better right now without Bryce Young, but that's yeah. just because he's a rookie QB. you got to develop him. But... They're, that Panthers team is beat up, and I just it just doesn't feel like they're a good team. Like it doesn't feel like they can do anything to really win at the moment. No, I mean the only highlight I've seen so far is Adam Thielen looking like a younger version of him, himself, or that Vikings Adam Thielen, I should say. Um, it I is do, gonna be a little revenge game for him. Yeah, I do. I do. I still have the Vikings winning this, and but I still stand on Kirk Cousins being traded, like. I don't know. 
I would like to see him go to a team in a better position for sure because I do like Kirk Cousins. It's it's just so many weird scenarios right now going on, and what's really weird too is I could also see the Panthers winning this game, even though they absolutely should not be in a scenario to win this game at any point. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think the, the Vikings are just. I think they come out there fueling off this 0-3 record. I mean, obviously, same as Carolina, but the Vikings have these have these stars on their offense, and they can they can score points fast. So I just see them taking this game. They just have to clean up some things on the offense. Like Madison has to get it get it together. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, someone's O finally goes, and not them ending in a tie. So yeah, be kind of funny, but it would suck. Moving on to the next one, we have a game that's somehow worse than that one. We have the 0-3 Broncos at the 0-3 Bears. There's there's not much to talk about this. The only people watching this will be Broncos and Bears fans. No one's going to randomly tune in to see how this game's going. I do see the Broncos winning because I think they have a better offense. Both defenses are absolutely abysmal. Both offenses are not great in any way, shape, or form. I just think the Broncos have the better one. So that's kind of my only reason for picking them at this one. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I don't even see this. I don't see this game selling out. Like tickets, you'll still be able to get tickets right when you walk in. If you're walking up to the door right before the game starts. Um, both teams, yeah, they're just a dumpster fire internally right now. Like, like I said, Sean Payton coming out of retirement wasn't expecting this. And Chicago, they're just finding players to point the finger or finding. People, I should say, to point the fingers at the wide receivers are not happy. I don't think I've ever seen a Bears wide, Bears wide receiver happy. This week, um, Claypool said he feels like he's not being used to his potential talent. I just – I don't know what's going on with Chicago. I feel like DJ Moore said something like that week two yep. as well. Yep. He was on the field. I initially say he tweeted something, but then I seen a video. He was on the field talking to um, a Buccaneer player. Mm. Yeah, it's – this game sucks. This is the yeah. worst game of the week. I'm. I don't know. I. This is a game I might forget to even look at the score until we come back to record. Like just one of those things. Yeah, I won't be watching it. No. Moving on to the next one, we actually have a pretty good one. We have the Ravens at the Browns. This is an interesting one um, because I think the Ravens, when healthy, should win this. And even when they're healthy, I think it would be a very close game because this Browns defense is actually like really, really good. And yeah. they're showing it with their stats, too. Yeah. Yeah, the Browns' defense, um, they Denzel Ward at safety and um, their star, DN. Miles Garrett. Yeah. yeah he, he's just going crazy again. He goes every year. Like, the dude's insane. Yeah, there's nothing to sleep on there. So, I mean, division rivals, I'm sure they know each other well. Know the, the scheming. Both teams know their, the team's scheming. They know, obviously, Cleveland has to stop Lamar. But if you put pressure on Lamar, I've been seeing in that Colts game, you know, and you, you want him to run. I don't, I don't even think – well, let me not say that. He's a threat when he runs. But I think if he runs out the pocket and you can control that, I think you have a chance to win the game. Now, if you, you let him get outside the pocket and throwing it downfield, that's where it hurts you. But him running out the pocket, tucking, tucking the ball – I'm fine with that if we can if we can get to him, like yeah. before he gets past the line of scrimmage. <clears throat> yeah, I containing agree. Containing him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
like you said, during the Colts game, you've seen a lot of that where they were getting him before he got to that and uh, just kind of holding him back a lot. And I mean, the Ravens are also beat up. I, I think the Browns win this one, and they could honestly kind of pull away and win by like 10, if not more, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, they can do that starting with the defense. And Deshaun Watson looked good last week, so if he comes out there playing the same way as last week, some progression, they can take that game. Yeah, this should be a good one. I think Odell is still out. Yep. Um, Bateman yep. is also out. Obviously, they lost Gus Edwards. He won't be the rest of the season. I think uh, they're getting a rookie running back, though, back Gus from Edwards, injury. Uh, J.K. Dobbins. Gus Edwards in there. Oh, J.K. Dobbins, yeah. yeah. And then they're getting a rookie running back back because I think he got injured near the end of preseason, but he's supposed to be coming back, so maybe they kind of start putting him in there a little bit. But the Browns right now just feel like the better overall team, and I think it's really going to be their defense that does mm-hmm. win them this game. Yeah. I got the Browns in this one. Moving on to our next one, we got the Steelers at the Texans. This is going to be – this is a really intriguing game for me because the Steelers have a very good defense, and Houston's offense has not looked terrible for the most part. They lit up the Jaguars. um, When the Colts gave them the opportunity in the kind of garbage time, they they took advantage of it, which is still a highlight. So I – and then the Steelers' offense has started to look better. Texans' defense isn't good, so I, I don't know. This is a very intriguing game. I personally think Pittsburgh's going to win just because their defense is really, really good, and their Houston's O-line is still really banged up. And I feel like the Steelers' highlight of their defense is their D-line, so it's kind of like a bad matchup. But this, this is a very interesting game to me. Yeah, the... The Steelers have a lot to think about here because if you give C.J. Stroud time, he'll he'll dime it up out there. He'll find his weapons on the field. But like you said, the Steelers do have a great defensive front. Um, if they can pressure the quarterback on those pass plays and help the DBs out where they're actually lacking, like I, the, to me the DBs are a little weaker than the D-line is. You got Minka out there, but our DBs – Patrick Peterson, Levi Wallace, Joey Porter, they're just they're just not there yet. We've given we've given up almost a hundred a hundred plus yards a game to receivers each game. And I just don't I don't like that. Um so if we could just pressure CJ Stroud, that's probably how we're gonna win that game. Yeah, I think that's what's gonna win it for them as well. And I feel like realistically, Steelers just if the Steelers put up twenty four points, in my opinion, they'd easily win the game. Because I think Texans will probably put up somewhere between 7 and 14. And then, you know, maybe some garbage stuff happens to where they get up to 20. Yeah. So, really, Pickett just needs to go out there and just secure the game. That's all he has to do. Just secure the game with pitting up two touchdowns and then, you know, get them close, get Najee in there or whoever the running back is that will get in there at the moment. And just play smart, and they'll be good, in my opinion. Yeah, I can't – I got to give it to the Texans a week prior. They put up 37 points. I know the Jaguars don't have the best defense, but their defense is – that that same defense held the Chiefs to 17 points. Yeah, and that is true. The Texans go and score 37, so the Steelers just – I just don't want the Steelers to underestimate this offense. Yeah, they, they shouldn't either because the Steelers, I'm, I don't think they're in a great spot. And I think they need to take everyone as a serious threat right now yeah. and just really work on the fundamentals of stuff before even 
overlooking anybody. Definitely. Moving on to the next one, we have the Rams coming to the Colts. If you were to ask me after the Ravens game, like right after, how, how confident I am with the Colts winning, I'd be pretty confident. But throughout the week, the Colts O-line got really, really banged up. Whether that was some residual stuff coming from the game prior or stuff happening in practice, I didn't look that deep into it. But it's looking like we might only have two to three starters on our O-line actually starting this week. And that scares me for pretty obvious reasons because it's Aaron Donald on the other side of that ball. Yeah. And that makes me a little nervous. Um, I'm still going to pick the Colts to win this one. But I think the biggest factor of this one is it's going to be on Anthony Richardson because I feel like he's going to be scrambling a lot and he's just got to play smart and make the plays he's got to make. Yeah, having Anthony Richardson back, um, a big plus for the team. Now, I see the defense winning this game for them, holding the Rams, you know, that high-power high offense, in my opinion. You got Puka, you got Tutu. I mean, the dude's super fast. I was watching the past game. Um, that Rams game, and I think he took it, took a reverse, I want to say 70 yards, almost scored, but stepped out, and I just didn't realize he was that fast. Yeah, he's a smaller dude, and yeah. he is really, really fast. Yeah, like I said, yeah, he was being overlooked all these years, but now he's, he's I like him. Yeah, and they still, they won't have cup for this game. I think he's supposed to come back next game for him, which will obviously be a huge boost to that yeah. offense. Um, and then I don't think the Rams run game is that great, which doesn't hurt them too much because the Colts run defense is good. And I'm more worried about what Puka can do to us. Um, I saw this stat on Twitter or X or whatever people call it now. And it was just saying how Puka matches up well against the Colts defense based off what they run. So it's like, I don't remember exactly what the reasoning is, but Hopefully the Colts kind of pay attention to something like that. I'm sure they do. They're the pros. We're just people who go on social media to get most of our information, honestly, besides watching the game. But, yeah, the Colts' defense needs to continue playing the way they are. And then Richardson, I feel like he's going to have to make a few key plays. And I'm going to take the Colts winning this one to improve to 3-1. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, the Rams do have their running back, Kyron Williams, who played every snap of offense uh, last game. So I, I don't think that was the best thing, in my opinion. That's how you wear a running back out. Like, yeah, when, especially even, when I feel like you don't have much depth with your running backs. Yeah, Maybe be a little bit more careful with that. Just Cam Akers. Yeah, so that's definitely interesting. I didn't even know he played every single snap like that. Yeah. Moving on to the next one, we have the Bucks at the Saints. Even with Carr being out because they got Jameis, I think this is going to be a pretty competitive game. Yeah. I I can see it being competitive. Baker Mayfield bounce back game. Like this is the kind of the Baker Mayfield I I'm accustomed to, just having these inconsistent games. Um, although I don't blame it fully on him his past game, but I think the Bucks get this one. This one I was very very torn on for just a handful of reasons. Uh, you have Alvin Kamara coming back, uh-huh. so that's going to be a pretty big boost to their offense. With Carr being out, I feel like the offense doesn't change that much. And quite frankly, I think they might have a better game because of him being out, just because Jameis is coming in. Um, he hasn't really given them tape on this year. Obviously, you have plenty of tape from the past. 
but I'm actually going to take New Orleans to win a pretty close game because the Saints' defense still is really, really good. Yep. Um, and I think it's probably the best defense the Bucks are going to have faced so far. And like with the Bucks losing last week against Philly, a lot of it had to do with drop passes, which you know I guess if you're pressuring a wide receiver during it, that does play a lot into it. But there's just like a lot of stuff that felt like it should have been closer if they just caught some of the stuff thrown to them. Yeah. And if that stuff continues to happen against a good defense like the Saints, who probably not as good as the Eagles, but they're close. They're relevantly close. Yeah. And I can kind of just see them losing the same way, like a losing a low-scoring game again. Yeah, if they get as much pressure as the Eagles or the turnovers, if they get the turnovers on Baker, obviously, that's going to win them the game. You get turnovers on Baker, I feel like you, you, you can win the game nine times out of ten. I can also see Jameis having a pretty good game in the end, kind of an internal battle, or maybe not even internal, but like a social media battle of who should be the starter, Jameis or Derek. I don't see that at all. I could see it happening because I'm not yeah. that high on Derek, to be honest. So it's like Jameis. Because Derek hasn't done much this season. Mm-hmm. So if Jameis comes out and just has a good game, mm-hmm. he's already looking better than Carr this season. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm not saying it's that. a correct thing that should happen, yeah. but I could just see Twitter kind of doing that. Yeah, yeah. I've seen. I've just seen James in this situation before, and it usually doesn't work out for him. Like, even if it does happen, I just don't think he'll, he's your best man for that job. No, I don't think so either. Moving on to the next one, we got the Commanders at the Eagles. I mean, this is probably going to be a similar fate as last week for the Commanders. Yeah. What I'm really going to look forward to in this game is to see how Howell kind of bounce backs from last game and to see if he reduces those turnovers. Yeah, and I think the Eagles are just going to pick that film apart um, with the Bills and Commanders and figure out how to row up uh, Sam Howell and just just throw him off on that field. His four interceptions, I'm I'm sure there's that tape is gold mine, a gold mine. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, if the score is like – no joke, if the score is like exactly the same as last week, but he only – throws like one or two interceptions or even none, that is an improvement. And I feel like Washington fans kind of need to realize that. Obviously losing to a division rival and like getting blown out by them is not good. And like that sucks, but look for the progression in Sam Howell. That'll be the biggest thing to take away from the commanders. Or if they somehow keep this game close, that's a really big improvement too. Yeah. The commanders fans right now to me are kind of impatient. They've just seen this team, for years, just sometimes look good, some and sometimes they don't look good. Like when they got RG three, they looked like they were on top of the world. They felt, I should say, felt like they were on top of the world at that time. And then he turned around to get injured, and it's like, damn, what are we, what are we doing now? Then you get Alex Smith. He, he does, he does okay. But I think it's just been like a roller coaster with Commanders fans and the team. Yeah, no, I, I can definitely see that. I can also see uh, Swift kind of having a big game. Um, a lot of people didn't think he was going to get the workload he did last week, and he yep. did. And I could kind of see it being the same way this week too, kind of getting the majority of the workload. Yeah, the the Eagles' offense right now, they kind of have like your typical your typical Super Bowl offense, honestly. Like I think they it can be a Super Bowl favorite if their defense plays as consistent as they are now. Like, you have your run game, very dominant, passing game, 
very dominant as well. You have A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, I mean, Goddard as well. But just going back to that running game, you have DeAndre Swift, Kenneth Gainwell, and Jalen Hurts. So Jalen Hurts being the big quarterback that he is and can get outside the pocket, I mean, I don't see how there's enough ball to go around. That's why you see some things on the sideline going on. It's like, I want the ball. I want the ball. And Kenneth Gainwell can't get the ball. It's like, this is, this is working for us, so you're just going to have to take it, take a step back. Yeah, I, I agree. And that is like a real issue I think they have. It's just not enough ball to go around. They just have so many people. Yeah. Which, as a fan, is a great thing to have. And I think as a coach in a front office, it's a great thing to have, but it does bring up a lot of those kind of tough conversations that you got to have with those people. Yeah, the later on, tough conversations later on, like who's getting paid, who has to go, things yeah, like that. Or just even as the season goes, because, you know, people get – they also get paid based off some kind of incentives, incentives too, yep. like based off their yards, off their their snaps and stuff like yep. that. So that can also cost heat on the sideline mm-hmm. where it's like, why am I not getting the snaps? You know, at, at this point, I'm not going to get my fucking bonus, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like stuff like that. But yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm taking Philly to win probably about the same way Buffalo did. Okay. Yeah, I like Philly winning. I don't know if it'll be a blowout because I'm just not too fond of blowouts in those divisional games. Although we see it, we still do see it. I just suck at calling it. (laughs) Next game we got is Bengals at Tennessee. This is one that I feel like is going to piss me off because I'm going to pick the Bengals to win because Tennessee is not good, but Tennessee just has this habit of beating solid teams and then losing against bad teams and then just making the AFC South a hard-ass division because they want to stay weirdly competitive or play upset the whole time. Yeah, this this game is going to be actually, to me, a fun one to watch because seeing the turnaround of the Bengals, you know, we didn't know if Joe Burrow was going to play. Then we found out he, he was he is going to play or was going to play. Then we're thinking, okay, is he going to be limited? Then he comes out and just looking good. And, again, Jamar Chase not looking the best starting off the year. He gets 141 yards. And T. Higgins, obviously, he didn't have the best game. I think he came out right before halftime. But it turned into the um, Jamar Chase show, 141 yards. Nothing to sleep on there. They'll have their work cut out for them, the Titans, that is. Yeah, I think if that Bengals offense shows up again like that, they, they're going to win. I'm still going to pick them to win. It's just in my head, it just feels like a game that's going to piss me off on Sunday because Titans will somehow find a way to win this. Yeah, I think that, I still think the running game – of the Titans will get the best of that front of the Bengals because I think the Bengals' pass rush is what they are better at, like their line. I think the pass rush is better than their run defense. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Going to our next game, we got the Raiders at the Chargers, both one and two. This this is a weird one because I feel like the Chargers' defense is so incredibly bad that the Raiders' offense will finally start to click more than just to Devontae Adams. I think you might see some Josh Jacobs finally get going. Uh, they also got their wide receiver, too, who I'm blinking yeah. on right now. Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers. Yeah. I feel like he's going to have a good game. good against the Steelers. Yep. And then you got Chargers who lose Mike Williams, but quite frankly, it shouldn't be that big of a hit because this happens every single year for them. And they drafted a wide receiver early this last draft because, you, I don't know, I think they're kind of expecting stuff like that to happen. I'm going to pick the Chargers to win, but I think they're going to win in overtime. Overtime. 
Yeah, the char- I can see the Chargers winning this game, too. Um, I can actually see the game turning into a shootout for both teams. As, it, as the Chargers games usually do, they, that defense just gives up a, a ton of points, which is crazy. That yeah. No adjustments have been made yet. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I can see Devontae Adams having himself a game. I can see Keaton Allen having himself a game. Yeah, I agree for sure. And what I do like to see from the Chargers, like fans and stuff, is even when they won last week in the game where they honestly were about to lose until Kirk threw an interception, um, they still want Brandon Staley gone. And I think they need to continue on that track. In my opinion, he has to go. So I'm pretty sure he calls their defensive plays. Like, he does? I, I'm pretty sure. Okay, if he does, it's it's crazy because like, I don't see any adjustments out there. No, like he – in my opinion, he just has to go. They need to get an offensive, like, mindset and coach in there. Um, maybe you do wait just until the end of the year to do it and then try to get, like, an OC from a team that did good. Yeah. Um, just thinking of people like Sane Strike, Striking for the Colts, you know, the OC for the Eagles the year before. Maybe try to find someone younger because you won't have to pay them a crazy amount and just kind of approve it and you give them a really good offense to work with. But Brandon Staley is not the answer. He really does have to go. Yeah, there some type of change has to happen, and I think with the team they have on both sides of the ball, it would start with the coaching, unfortunately. Moving on to our next game, we have the Patriots at the Cowboys. I know I picked an upset of the week, but I, I don't necessarily – I'm not going to consider this like an upset of the week, but I think the Patriots are going to win this because I would assume the Cowboys are favorited for this. I didn't even look. Um, but it just feels like – Dallas losing to the Cardinals for whatever the reason they did. And then they're going to the Patriots. It's like they're already going to be a little flustered from it. And the Patriots are just not a bad team. And I think this is going to be a close game that the Patriots ended up kind of edging out. Yeah, the the Patriots, I to me, they don't just roll over. I think they do make it a game. But I, I still don't see them winning this game. Don't see them winning this one. Yeah, I mean, Dallas is definitely looking for the bounce-back game, especially after an embarrassing loss to the Cardinals. I just think it's going to be close and probably come down to a field goal, one of those games. For some for some reason, I won't, I won't keep speaking on it. Um, I see the Cowboys looking like them normal, their normal selves before the Cardinals game, like their defense bouncing back, Dak having a good game, CeeDee Lamb having a good game. Because I, I just don't know what that 49ers game was. I mean, I'm sorry, not 49ers. The Cardinals game was. Um, but I could see the Cowboys doing this. I, and it could be by like 10 points. I, think so. I say 10 points. I think Dak's going to struggle. That's why I think it's going to be a close one. Um, and because I kind of think that's what happened in the Cardinals game. Granted, the Cowboys defense led up a lot of big chunk plays for the Cardinals. Dak, and I'm, I'm not sold on Dak in any way, shape, or form. And he's playing an above average defense. I guess we'll see the Cowboys winning. I just don't think it'll be a blowout in any way. Moving on to the next one, we have the Cardinals at the Niners. This is one that should realistically be a blowout. Yeah, I think we're all taking it as a blowout, only because the 49ers has not had any trouble against any team. Even with the close game with the Rams, I don't think they had the trouble. I think Rams just know know them so well. Um, but yeah, forty. I don't see any Cardinals stopping anything on that Forty ers offense. 
No. And the only thing that's going to suck for the Niners is that Debo, I think, is going to be out. But they get Ayuk back, so it's like, how much are you really missing there? Because they're both yeah. really, really good wide receivers. Yeah. Um, you're, you're just missing your, your flex within yeah. Debo. Yeah. And, I mean, the Cardinals are a feisty team. It's just, like you said, no one's really giving the Niners anything to worry about yet. Yeah. That's the biggest thing, in my opinion. Yeah, they're just rolling. Just rolling. Yeah, absolutely. For the playoffs. Going to our Sunday night game, we have the Chiefs at the Jets. As of this moment, Zach Wilson's still their starter. So no matter who they face, I will not pick the Jets to win it unless they were to face like the Bears. Um, Zach Wilson just is not the answer. Yeah, and I could, I've been seeing seeing some things like the defense is getting impatient with the coach and Zach Wilson or the coach supporting Zach Wilson because they feel that he's just not the answer. And frankly, I, I've kind of seen this one coming because the like I said, the Jets' defense go out there and play their ass off to only see their offense not help them at all. So them being upset, I mean, that's they have every right to be. I see the defense holding the Chiefs to maybe 21 points. Like, if not 21 points, 24 points. And even then, that's t- typically a lot of points to me. Yeah, it would be like, what, like, I think like twenty four to seven will probably be like the final score, yeah. like twenty four to six. Yeah, I can see twenty four to six. I don't even see the Jets scoring a touchdown because Zach Wilson is just playing so bad. But maybe they turn it around at practice somehow. My one prediction for this game is a Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift celebration, where he does like maybe one of her dances or something like that. I don't know if she has like signature dances. It just feels like something Travis Kelsey will do. So that's like my only interesting thing I'll be looking out for in this game. Yeah, I just I don't know. I don't think I have an opinion on their relationship there. I frankly don't like it's gotten involved to football. Like now we're talking about Taylor Swift within the football <laughs> broadcast. I'm like, damn, what has this woman done? I hear about her at work. Now I gotta hear about her within football. <laughs> this is a great woman, great singer. But all right, that's what we're looking for, a celebration. Yeah, <laughs> and when he does it, the thing is, I probably won't even realize it. Yeah. But it'll be like I'll go on Twitter, and then I'll see, like, he really killed it, and it'll be like a side-by-side of him doing the dance and, like, Taylor Swift at a concert doing the dance. And, you know, now that I think about it, I think the Chiefs stadium is giving out some bracelets that has some shit to do with Taylor Swift and uh, Travis Kelsey. <laughs> so I, I, I did see that. Yeah, it's, it's going completely overboard, but whatever it's kind of funny and uh, sorry just one more thing on that okay. i just thought about <laughs> something else someone texted me and said did you see taylor swift put travis kelsey on the map i think that's what set it off for me okay <laughs> that's i'm done with it <laughs> i think done with it. i think that's like a tiktok trend or something right now where people are saying that to like their boyfriends or like their male friends to see like what their reactions are Oh, that's I, what the fuck I'm, it was? I'm pretty sure okay. it is. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I'm hoping it is because that is the dumbest thing to say to like any dude. All right. So I'm not on TikTok. Okay. That yeah. may be because that I was livid. That's why I just thought about it and got so upset. I'm like, fuck. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's what's going on with that. That's been happening lately. People just yes. asking me this TikTok shit and it's killing me. <laughs> it's like, I don't know shit about it. All right. We get going on to our final game, Monday night, Seahawks at the Giants. This is one I kind of have a trouble with picking, too. Because realistically, the Seahawks should just win this game. But the Giants, it just it feels like a Giants win for some annoying-ass reason. Yeah, this 
I can see the Seahawks pulling this win off. I think they they have the tools to win this game. And if the Giants are to win this game, I'm not sure about Saquon Barkley's um, condition right now, if he's playing or not. Questionable right now. He's questionable. So if he does play, I think that's the only way they win. Um, I don't see Daniel Jones coming in there throwing and having a quarterback rating up in the 100-plus. I, I just don't think it happens. My One of my biggest things with the NFL, too, is like I think they need to realize when to flex games out of prime time earlier or just don't give any team too many prime times early in the season because this is going to be the Giants' third prime time game. Yeah. And they've fucking sucked in all of them, and it's just like not fun to watch at all. Yeah, this particular game, I would have probably would have wanted to see the Bills play at that time. That would be amazing. There's there's a lot of a lot more games. I'd rather watch the Patriots Cowboys. Yeah, they're Colts Rams. I'd I'd rather watch Pittsburgh Houston. Like almost any game except for the two zero and three matchups. I really could care less of watching. Yeah, I don't I don't know how those primetime games work. Do I don't know? Is there some type of contract with the organizations? I, I think I'm gonna look into that. I never knew how it worked. I know that even, like, the organizations don't really know until the schedule is announced to them. Okay. Um, because I've seen stuff on Colts about it in the past, how they were upset about uh, maybe not enough primetime or something like that. But, yeah, I, I honestly don't know how it goes about it. But pitting the Giants three primetime games early in the season was just not smart, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I guess they feel it's football. That people are definitely going to watch it. It's going to be a hard watch. Anytime with the Giants playing. Hopefully they make this a decent game. But I still got the Seahawks winning this one. Yeah, I got the Seahawks too. But this was one of those ones where it's like my brain is telling me Seahawks, but my heart is telling me Giants because yeah. of just weird shit that feels like it's going to happen. Yeah. i not sure. We'll have to see. That wraps up our week four now predictions. Um I did want to kind of dive into a little bit of college football, though, because it's, it's been pretty interesting this year, and I feel like we both kind of got into it pretty heavily for the most part. Um, and the first one I kind of want to touch on is Colorado because, obviously, they're like the college football social media right now. Like, they're just everywhere on everything. Everyone's going to their games. And I feel like after they lost to Oregon, they started catching, like, a lot of heat and, like, overhyped and this and that and this and that. I think one big thing to remember is that they completely tore this team apart because they had one win last year. They come out, they beat Clemson, which is a pretty big upset. Now you look at Clemson, they're not that great. So it's like, how much do you weigh that upset? But with Dion doing what he's doing there and them having all this attention and hype, people are going to want to start going to play for them. Like just for the fame alone. And right now, I think the biggest reason they won't be a top contender is because they're O and D line. It's just they're just smaller guys and they're just not as talented. Yeah, yeah, Colorado. I I don't know. I'm on the I'm on the fence with them. I think they did catch a Clemson team that wasn't all the way there yet. Um, Clemson came out and rolled over Syracuse, so I think their defense their defense is getting it back. Um, Clemson, that is. But Colorado, I think there was some sort of, like, misunderstanding. Like, it depended on who Colorado played, where they were getting their wins from. We see they 
struggle mightily with Oregon, but then they bounce back and make it a game with USC. So I'm not going to write them off for, like, the whole season. Like, I don't consider the season a fail. Just don't think it's their time. Just think we gave this team too much hype too early and not understanding, like, there are other teams out here that are, like, complete. They have their complete team. They don't need to go to the wire. They, um, Sorry, the transfer portal to get teams. They have their team. And I think Colorado will do fine just next season. They'll get it together. Yeah, I agree. And even next season, I think they'll be a little bit better depending on how many people they get for their line. Like, I, I can also see them just completely tearing their lines apart and getting more people to transfer or more people to commit. Um but, yeah, no, I 100% agree with what you said. It was just too much hype too early for the the media. But I would already consider this season a win for them, in my opinion, coming from one win to I think they're at two, two or yeah, three. Yeah, I think three, actually. Three. They're, it's progression. Like, progression with that team um, is what you want to see going from one win to three. They They look good. Like, Prime is going in the right direction with this team. This was not a lot of coaches – not a lot of coaches can do what Deion Sanders is doing. You, they can't take a winless or a one-win team and have the confidence this team is having to turn it around and go 3-0 and in your first three games. That's major. you know. And I think that, that, that was clouded, and that team just looked like they can roll through any team. But it's like it's, it takes steps, and these things take time. Yeah, and – them, they just lost to USC 48-41. to We just finished watching that. That was, uh, I mean, to bounce back in that game because they were down, and then to bounce back from losing to Oregon, which we I think we both agree Oregon has a lot better defense than USC. But it's they're, they're taking a lot of the right steps, and people kind of need to relax on crucifying and also relax on thinking they're a legit top team. That, Yeah, they do need to take some steps back, but also the the team has to just – I'm not going to tell the team be humble. That I'm, not, I'm never going to tell someone be humble. Um, but I'm just not that type of person. But it could be – the crucifying could come from the team's attitude. You know, Prime in his interviews, the players and their flashiness. It's like, okay, if you can do that, then you should be able to take what comes with that, what comes with losing. Like, if you're going to be that flashy and that out there about things – you better be able to take the heat. Yeah. That just comes with winning and losing. Yeah, the that's fair. Spirit. That's fair. I think people just need to realize that they're like, okay, I, I want to say like a mid-team, but college football is like so deep. It's like kind of hard to say a mid-team. Mm-hmm. But they're like a team who's who could finish in the rankings, you know, like lower, like between 25 and, I don't know, say like 23, like right around there, maybe 22. But that's that's what they're going to be this year. And I think when people realize that, and, like, just let them be them with how, you know, their flashiness and that and that. And, like, yeah, of course, crucify them a little bit, too, because if you're going to be the ones pushing all this, just be ready to take the heat. I just feel like so many people, they're, they're on one side of the fence or the other and not really seeing them as the kind of team they actually are. Yeah, and I think that comes from, like, not really watching college football. It's just Deion Sanders came in here just drew everyone in, just drew everyone into college football and made uh, people that didn't watch college football Colorado fans. So it's like all they want to see 
is Colorado win. All they know is Colorado winning. Oh, this looks easy to Colorado. Yeah. So we're going to roll with them. That's true. I want to kind of touch on some of the prospects too because I feel like this is one of the years where before the season even started, there was like a few players who were like projected to be the top of the draft class, which I think is pretty intriguing. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we have Caleb Williams who still as of this moment is projected to be the number one overall draft pick. Uh, you have Marvin Harrison who is projected to be as soon as someone takes a wide receiver, he's that guy. Like as soon as someone needs that guy, he's they're going to take him. And then you also got people you, – you're starting to see some of these, like, younger people who really weren't talked about before. Um, for example, with Kentucky, Ray Davis, you know, we finished watching that game too. He just had a crazy game against Florida. And he – one of the first things he said was, like, the inter- person interviewing was like, well, how do you feel, like, based on your performance? Like, you had a great game, this and that. And he's like, I had nothing to do with it. It was my O-line and my tight ends. Like, I feel like something like that instantly buffs, bumps up someone's draft stocks, especially after having a good game. So, it's just, it's always interesting thinking of the people who we expect to go top right now compared to when the season finally ends, what it's going to look like. Yeah, it's, to me, it's going to be, it's going to be tougher for some of those teams that are not within the top teams because you still got your, your organs. They're, they're running back. He's pretty high in there. Um, so Kentucky, they're known for their their basketball team, but with like within the past ten, eleven years, they've turned it around. Like now they're undefeated, just blowing teams blowing teams out. We've seen them roll over Florida today. But I would like to see, I would like to see that. I can see that team getting. They felt I think they said they felt some kind of way um, that they weren't ranked, but Florida was, or it was it just. If they weren't ranked, I'm not going to say that. But I mean, they should be ranked now because they beat number 22 Florida. Yeah, I'm not saying like throw them way up there. Maybe give them 25, 24, depending on how those teams play. And then next week they got Georgia, which that's going to be a huge test for them. Yeah, I mean Georgia's the best team right now. Yeah, if you can knock off Georgia, I mean it's going to be a great look. It jumps you up so many. It'll jump you up in the rankings. I think if you have a close game with Georgia, it's going to jump you up a lot. Yeah. Like, if, if you're – let's just say next week they're ranked 25 and they lose by 10 to Georgia, they'll probably move up, like, five. Like, it, it should bump them up if they have a competitive game with Georgia. I do agree. I do like Kentucky. All right, that's all I got on college. Um, I think we're going to kind of try to implement a little bit more college in these as well just because we're kind of getting to the point of the season in the NFL where it's still very early. It's just more of – we're going to get games and matchups that are not really interesting, kind of like the Broncos and uh, who's the Commanders, I think, or oh, Bears. Broncos and Bears. Yeah, and then you have Vikings, Panthers. Like some of these games are just kind of, they won't even give us much to talk about, but there's a lot of stuff with college that we can kind of touch on too. Yeah, definitely. Some exciting stuff in college. That's all I got for now. So until next time. Sweet.